Psalm 13, starting at verse 1. The heading is, How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice, because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because he has dealt bountifully with me. Let's pray. Father, we cannot thank you enough. We should be thankful for everything. Thankful that we have your word, that we can read your word. And your word can train us in righteousness, can rebuke us, can correct us, because your word is alive and it's profitable to help us to walk worthy of our calling. So Father, help me now as I come to preach from your word to be faithful. Help us all to listen and help us not just to become mere hearers and therefore delude ourselves, but help us to become doers of your word. Apply what your word says to our hearts. Be merciful to us now, Father, and be merciful to me. Help me to be clear and understood. Help me to yeah, just to grow in your word so I can preach it faithfully and build up your saints in your word so they can be strong and courageous in this day of uncertainty that we're living in. Thank you now, Father, for the scriptures. Thank you for David, this great king. And thank you for the song. Thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week I started on this song and we got to look at our first thing, which was to know that God does delay. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. And we're going to continue to see that God does delay. But what do you do when God seems to delay? I think that's important. Because this is what's happening in the psalm. And we'll look at it um, in depth now. But I, I can say this. I'm not going to ask you to show your hands. But I guarantee you we all don't like delays. Like I said last week, the reason why I'm preaching from this psalm is because there was the delay in the book that I wanted to receive to start 1 John and start preaching on John's first letter. So this psalm has helped me to know what to do when God delays because I don't enjoy delays. Nobody likes delays. There are times when we are in a crisis. There are times when we are suffering and we are asking God, please, to help us now, deliver us from our distresses. Can you intervene? We think of this virus. We want God to act immediately. And then there's delays. I remember once, a while ago, was in Durban with um, a friend on a business trip and we were supposed to fly back at 8 o'clock 
to Cape Town, get home round about half past 11 before midnight and have a good night's sleep. But when we got to the airport, there was our flight delayed. Eventually flew out midnight, eventually got home after three. And, um, and we sat at the airport, totally not thumbs, not wanting this delay. No one likes delay. Like I said last week as well, you go for, to be tested for COVID and you want to know like now, do I have it? Am I positive or negative? And then what happens? You find out that they lose your test. There's a delay. We don't like that. We don't like delays. Mark, you can correct me. Wasn't there an international rugby at Butcher Erasmus Stadium and there was the lights went off for a while and there was a delay? The spectators didn't like that. We didn't like that. Now we want the game to begin. And there was a delay. So lurching goes back quite <laughs> long. It's not just now. Um, so it's lovely to look at the psalm and, and to see how David looked at trusting God when God seems to delay. It's a wonderful psalm to help us. And I know last week I preached on the first point, which I'll just recap briefly. And then we'll go into our second point, which is a very valuable, benefit, beneficial point for us. So let's just quickly recap our first thing that we looked at last week to help us know what to do when God seems to delay. And I think it's important for us to know that God does delay. Because then it gives us peace, it gives us a calmness, and it comforts us. A lot of people think that God must be at their beck and call, that they flick their fingers and God must just do something now. And then if He doesn't, well, then they get angry with Him. But there's nothing wrong with, with what David does. You look at the first two verses. Four times David repeats himself, How long? How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long? How long? Must the sorrow go on in my heart? And how long shall my enemy exult over me? If you want to hear more about the psalm, go listen to last week's sermon. This first thing was fleshed out more. But it, the enemy is, is David's son Absalom. Wants him killed. And David, when he says how long, he's not asking for information. He's actually expressing himself with the struggle, with the pain, with the suffering that this delay is bringing to his heart. And sadly, there's a lot of us that want information. Where are the prophets today telling us when this virus is going to go away? No one can tell us when this virus is going to go away. How long, Lord? How often have I prayed for God to take this virus away? I guarantee you you've prayed the same thing. We don't know. But all we can do is wait patiently, remain calm, and trust God. Because if we don't, look what David says in, in, um, in verse 1. How long? Will you hide your face from me? 
How long will you ignore me? God doesn't hide from us. God doesn't abandon us. We abandon Him. We are the ones that turn our back on Him. Because God's Word says nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that psalmist in another psalm tells us that God does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Whatever your suffering is now, whatever your pain is now, cry out to God. He knows what's going on in your heart. But He's not going to just zap your heart clean and, and full of joy. Your responsibility is to go to His Word and trust in His Word so you do not lean on your own understanding and try to be wise in your own heart and you bring more sorrow and pain to your heart because of the delay that is happening around you. Because the more we trust God and the more we wait on God and the more we pray to God and trust Him in His Word, then our hearts can grow strong and take courage in God, says Psalm 27, 14. Wait on Him and be strong and let our hearts take courage. We're all frail. We're all weak. We're all feeble at times. That's why we're dependent on God. That's why we need to run to God, especially when God seems to delay. And one thing we can know, when God seems to delay, remember that He who is in you is far greater than He is in the world. And He does not abandon us because He has poured out His love into hearts and in our hearts dwells the Holy Spirit as well. We need to remain calm and have peace so God can guard our heart and mind in Christ Jesus as we wait on that delay. But if you want to hear that first thing fleshed out a lot more, go listen to last week's sermon about you need to know that God does delay. But let's look at our second thing that we need to know from the psalm. So we know what to do when God seems to delay. And that is to trust in God's faithful love. God's love endures forever. And this is what David experiences in the psalm, especially from verses 3 down to verse 6. He experiences God's faithful love. Verse 5, it says there, But I have trusted in your steadfast and when God seems to delay and the longer God delays the more time we start doubting God the more we start doubting God's love and what happens when we start doubting God's love we start walking away from God we turn our back on God and then we turn to the world and now we start trusting in the worldly things I think it was, um, you've heard me say this, it was Lloyd-Jones that said, mind, mind is man's highest gift, and therefore the devil concentrates his attack upon the minds of men, upon people. To so doubt. Satan loves it when God delays. 
that, that you can start doubting His love for you. And what we should do when we find ourselves leaning towards doubting God's love, we should, and we've heard this over and over, we should seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God His Father. Why? Because that brings our minds back onto the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus. It puts our minds on Him and it reminds us what Christ Jesus did for us on the cross. There He died to bring us to His Father, to forgive our sins, to save us from the wrath to come. Jesus died as our Saviour, which then caused our hearts to rejoice in God's salvation, because salvation is unto the Lord. We should rejoice in that salvation. And the other fact is that because there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, we should rejoice in that fact as well. But when we think of salvation, yeah, it's not always salvation from, a, from, from the wrath to come, a salvation that brings eternal life. God's salvation is also to do with saving us from our troubles and our distresses and our circumstances and our fears. There's also a physical salvation. And this is what David is rejoicing in, in verse 5, which I read earlier on. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And, and what helps David say those things is that he can look back at history. He just has to look back and see how God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. They were oppressed. And how they went through the Red Sea. How it was divided. He rejoices in God saving His people. And we know David and Goliath's story. If you had that on, in man's words, man would have said, there's no way David can win. He's not a soldier. He's got no experience. He's a young boy. He's wet between the ears, they would say. But when God is for us, who can be against us? You can rejoice in that. That there was a once when he stood before Goliath, and our God was his helper and saved him from what could have happened, him being beheaded and there are times when he looks back and he and he sees when Saul was after him and our God spared him from Saul he can rejoice in that salvation as well if you read in one of um, in, in one Samuel there's a time when when David's on the one side of the mountain and Saul's on the other side and they're both heading to collide with each other and then suddenly a messenger comes to Saul to say, Saul, we have to go back. The Philistines are killing our people. And just before they were going to intercede, Saul turns around and goes back. God sovereignly and providentially taking care of David. He can rejoice in that salvation that God saves us from our troubles. But when we see that, when we see God saving us from our troubles, do we recognize that it's his love that is coming through that that is actually showing us his love he, he he experienced god's love through god's salvation 
We experience God's love through our eternal life, the salvation that brings eternal life, and we experience God's love when He saves us from our troubles, our problems. How He spares us every morning. The fact that we can be here this morning to, to, to worship Him, we should thank God for His love and kindness and goodness. It's taking our minds off the earthly things and fixing them on the heavenly things to be reminded of God's attributes, of this great God. God of love, mercy, grace, kindness, faithfulness, joy, peace. And these all He shares with us, especially His love. And that's why the first thing that God pours out into our hearts when He saves us is His love. And that's through the work of the Holy Spirit. And then God dwells in us so that we can love because we struggle to love. We do. Especially when things don't go our way. It's not a love that the world can teach. It's a love that God teaches us and God encourages us and cultivates that love because it's a fruit of the Spirit that needs to be growing in our hearts. We don't do it perfectly, but we can grow every day a little bit. Loving God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. That's how we cultivate that love. And then we put that love into practice, loving our neighbour. And that's how we grow as a Christian. We don't grow just reading God's word and then walking away doing nothing. You grow when you put what you know in practice. So every trial that you've been rescued from, every circumstance that God has delivered you from, God has shown His love towards you. His faithful love. But like I said, as soon as God seems to delay, Satan will come and he will want to destroy your mind. He will say things like, how can a loving God delay? You say God is a God of love. Where is he? He's supposed to be there now helping you. I think a lot of times we expect God to act like now because we're so used to getting stuff instantly and at the click of our fingers. We don't have to sometimes go stand in a bank queue anymore. We just go to an ATM. Sometimes there's no queue, sometimes there's a queue. Nowadays we don't have to carry cash anymore. We can just put a card in a machine or EFT. And as soon as we have to stand in a queue, we become him patient quite quickly especially when there's a delay in the queue <laughs> we don't enjoy but a lot of time when God seems to delay we want to question God's love for us does God truly love me and Satan wants us to doubt God's love but we must fight we must we must understand that our Christian walk is a spiritual battle we go to the scriptures and we have a battle that's inside. There's a tension and it's a battle to ask God to help us to cultivate this love so we can trust him and not turn to the world but keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Because when you look to the things above where you see God's love and, and then we know he's the one that causes all things to work together for good to those who love him. 
And Jesus loved his father. And, and, and what he experienced on the cross was for his good. And it was for our good as well. Because on the cross, Jesus was exalted. So that we could receive salvation. That we could receive eternal life. So that we could be delivered from this dark world and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus. Our Redeemer, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And this brought glory to God. The man meant this for evil, God meant it for good for Jesus and for us. And this should cause us to sing to the Lord. He has dealt bountifully with us. And this is what David does. When he's, when he's looked at God's steadfast love and when he rejoices in God's salvation, then he sings to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. He's been generous and he's bestowed gifts of favor upon me. We all know David should have been a dead man when he committed adultery with Bathsheba and had, his, had her husband killed. He should have been stoned. That was part of the law of the Old Testament. Let us rejoice in our salvation. Let us rejoice in the fact that our God hears our prayers and rescues us from our troubles. No matter what happens to us, our salvation cannot be taken away. When God seems to delay, do not despair. Pray. And ask God to awaken your heart, to trust in His unfailing love. We see that in verse 3. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God, of Psalm 13. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. David prays for God to enlighten his mind, to give him insight and understanding so that he can endure the struggle. What is the one thing we should pray for when we are caught up in a trial and we are lacking understanding? We are told by James to pray for wisdom. And that's something we should pray every morning for. Because you do not know what comes your way during the day. And we should be praying God, to God for wisdom. And when something comes, we can cry out God for that wisdom to, to, to help you understand the trial or the circumstance you're in. To give you insight. And God gives to us the wisdom generously without reproach. That's a loving God we serve as Christians, as His children. This is for His children. It's not for everybody. As his children, what a privilege it is we can cry to God in prayer and ask for wisdom so that God can do a great work in our hearts and we can bring him glory through the trial. We all should strive to be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Hebrews 6.12 says. That's why in the book of Hebrews, which we're looking at now, we look at chapter 11, we look at that great faith chapter. But it's shown us how these men Hold, hold on to their righteousness 
and how they displayed that righteousness by faith. They walked by faith and not by sight. Hebrews, um, I think it's Hebrews 10, 36. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. And then he gives this great chapter on, on showing us how the righteous one shall live by faith. And when God seems to delay, we should pray and trust God patiently and, and know that He will eventually come through for us. Either giving us wisdom to spiritually handle the trial or He takes the trial away altogether. So that we need to learn to trust in God's love. Whatever good or great thing has happened to you yesterday or this week, that's God's love. So now that we've heard and looked at two things, the one was quite briefly to know that God delays, and the second one to trust in God's faithful love to help us know what to do when God seems to delay, will we be challenged when we go out this door? Will we be encouraged when we go out this door to trust God as He seems to delay? To not throw in the towel and turn your back and abandon Him. He has not abandoned us. Just look to the cross, fix your eyes on Jesus. Because there Jesus died so that His Father can bless us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And that is to help us to know what to do when God seems to delay. Because God is sufficient for our delays. Christ is sufficient for our delays. His grace is sufficient for our delays. But will we trust in God when He seems to delay? Will we trust in His loving kindness, His faithful love for us? Let's pray. Father, we ask You please to forgive us for there are many times we don't trust in You wholeheartedly. We don't always look to you, especially to your faithful love, and come to you in prayer and ask you to help us when you delay. Because we know you will delay. You're showing this in this virus how you are delaying, taking it away from this earth. So forgive us, Father, we don't trust you wholeheartedly. But give us wisdom, Father, to, to now look and to, to, to apply what we've heard. To find peace in the fact that you do delay. And then to trust in your faithful love within the delay. Father, please be merciful to us. Please help us all here to fix our eyes on Jesus. And to trust his wisdom and His knowledge in our delays. We all have been in some position where there's been a delay. 
In some way it frustrates us, it irritates us. And it causes us to abandon you as well, temporarily. But forgive us, Father. Help us now just to run to you, to run to your throne of grace and seek mercy and grace in time of need to receive it. Father, please help us. Please give us the wisdom that we need. Be merciful to all of us. I pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.